Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Friday. It's a meet Friday at that. The Traegers have been fired up all morning long. In case you're wondering what's on the menu, what's on the Traeger? Cheeseburger sliders, Texas ribeyes, mac and cheese. Who has it better than we do? Nobody. This is a takeoff on Scotty Scheffler's Champions Dinner at the Masters on Tuesday. Coming up, we'll head to Augusta. Brandel Chambly will join us. Is the Live Tour, is that still a storyline there? I thought the odds for the Live Tour, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Reed, I thought that those were great odds to have. It's not like they forgot how to play golf. They just haven't been playing golf where we've been able to watch them. And Brooks Kepka, Kepka won the Live Tour event last week. Kepka is now at 8-under, playing great. Uh, Patrick Reed is going to be there. I thought Cam Smith. These were all long odds compared to everybody else. You know, with Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler, they were probably three times the odds to win the Masters. I'm like, man, I would load up on those guys, just the Live Tour guys. And so far, we're uh, seeing decent weather there, but uh, rain is coming in a couple hours. Tiger is not going to uh, tee off for a couple hours as well, so he might run right into that uh, inclement weather down there at Augusta. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW. We'll get to your phone calls coming up. Charles Barkley a little bit later on in the uh, final hour of the program. Right now, uh, looking at the basketball playoff situation in the NBA, Suns-Lakers tonight. The Suns are seven-point underdogs, and I know the Lakers have to have this, but I'm wondering if the Suns put up a good fight here because that's a big point spread for the Lakers hosting the Suns. Warriors and the Kings, the Mavs almost done. So here's the Western Conference playoff picture, and it's supposed to appear simple here. The Clippers need to go one and one. The Warriors have to win out to avoid being in the play-in round. Clippers can afford a loss in uh, their final two games. One loss there because they have a one-game lead over the Lakers. They own the tiebreaker. Golden State doesn't have that luxury. They got Portland and Sacramento, and Sacramento is not going to be able to improve in the three spot. Therefore, the game doesn't mean anything to them, and Portland has basically uh, been playing reserves the past week or so. Lakers need to beat Phoenix and Utah to be the number seven seed at worst. The Suns come to Los Angeles after a game against Denver, and they're probably going to be resting or limiting the minutes of their stars. That's kind of what's at stake here with uh, the playoffs and the play-in game, but everything else seems to be a little more secure there with the uh, top there with Denver and also with Memphis and Sacramento. Golden State appears to be plugged in there as well. The Dallas Mavericks are the interesting part of all of this because – they make this move, and they've had, what, almost uh, 20 games with Luka and Kyrie. Jason Kidd came out and said yesterday at a press conference, these two are made for one another. Like, are they? Because what I've watched doesn't seem like that. It's almost like we're being forced to believe that, okay, this will eventually work out. You got almost 20 games? That seems to be a good enough sample size where you go, okay, this is how this team is going to be. They may not make the playoffs. 
And here's Oklahoma City. They lost Chet Holmgren before the season even started. It feels like they're tanking, getting more draft picks here. And do I think they're going to be a force? Absolutely. But I didn't think it was going to, I didn't think they'd be in the play in. The Pelicans with Zion Williamson. Is Zion going to play? Remember him? Remember Zion Williamson? It's almost like you got to go, oh, that's right. Zion's in the, he's on the Pelicans. They gave an update yesterday. It didn't sound too promising that he's going to be able to play and he is uh, going to be rehabbing here. Yes, Marv. Maybe to not the same extent, but doesn't this feel kind of like Greg Oden, Kevin Durant esque? Yeah. Where the second pick is just becoming a super duper star? Well, we wondered about this, that would Zion be able to stay healthy? Because it felt like his biggest opponent was going to be his body. And I think we even asked the question, would you rather have Ja Morant's future or Zion's when they first started? And I said, let me have Ja. Uh, If Ja develops an outside shot, then he's going to be unstoppable. Zion, I just figured, is he going to be hovering around 300 pounds? And can he play? And how long can you play at that weight? And having been there and watching Charles Barkley, and Charles wasn't 300 pounds. Now, he was heavy when he was at Auburn, but when he got into the NBA, he slimmed down. But can Zion play at that weight? And if so, how how consistent can he be if he's going to play? Yes, Paul. I I made the mistake of watching the Sixers heat last night, and I haven't watched a lot of heat basketball this year. But after watching that throttling, I now believe the heat could be a team that could take down one of the top three teams. Just based off the hour of Heat basketball I watched last night, <laughs> I hate when I do this because I, I, you know, they got Butler out of bio, Hero. They, you know, they got good players, but they've been kind of off the radar this year. See, the problem I have is they've been a disappointment this year, and I don't expect them to all of a sudden, you know, capture the magic there. See, yes, Eden. But they are one of those teams that everybody—they're the most dangerous team in the playoffs. Yeah. Nobody sees them coming. Yeah. Yes, Todd. Mr. Jim Nance is on the line for you. Well, hello, friends. Look at you. <laughs> Making some time. Uh, where are you right now? I'm back at the uh, media center, having just come back from Butler Cabin and a little walkthrough of the green jacket ceremony. So we're ready to roll, man. The weather, we know that's going to be iffy, but what a leaderboard we have here at the start. Okay, explain this, that you had to do a run-through with the green jacket, but you've done this for decades. <laughs> it's a, it's as much a technical rehearsal oh, okay. uh, as it is anything else. When you roll in pieces, you roll in the piece that shows some of the moments in the past at that moment of coronation. And you have uh, leaderboards to go through top 12 and ties. And of course you walk it through with uh, the chairman and, um, you know, there's a low amateur that's going to be, in all likelihood, Sam Bennett's going to be a part of that movie. So we're just kind of walking through the elements. Nothing too stressful. All right. You called your uh, 32nd and last Final Four in your hometown of Houston. How difficult was it as the clock is ticking down because the game wasn't in doubt of trying to kind of pick the right words to finish up? <laughs> it was tough, i got to tell you. I... I have to say, I I was shaking a little bit, and my voice was definitely trembling, and I felt like I was about to verbally four-putt, but somehow (laughs) I was able to close my eyes and go with the claw grip, and uh, the words came out kind of the way I wanted them to. I I had not had anything written out or thought through. I know that Raft, at one point, maybe two minutes to go in the game, tried to engage in, yeah. in that discussion. I just didn't feel right about it. It was a, a moment when UConn was celebrating on the bench, and and I made some reference to this is their moment, not mine, and I thought that probably would be it. But uh, Mark Wolf, our amazing producer, uh, asked if uh, I would uh, – no, I actually asked Grant and Raff to say goodbye. Say goodbye to Jimmy. And they made some nice remarks, and um, and then I came in was just some thoughts, some broad thoughts about what it's been like, you know, the, to try to find the story and to understand that we're covering dreamers. And if you just take a little bit of time and listen to people, everyone has something to say. Everybody wants to be heard. You know, not just the social media barking noise of people that want to have a hot take on everything. I'm talking everybody. Everyone is listening right now, has their own personal story. Everybody wants to be heard. Take time to listen and be kind. That's what I said. And <laughs> he was at still 20 on the count to commercial, maybe, maybe 15. 
And it just struck me that it was a good time to, to say thank you for being my friend. Was it always going to be Houston? Or was there another scenario? Well, actually, it wasn't going to be. Actually, in 2019, after Virginia won the championship, I started talking to Sean McManus and David Burson, and I, I told them that, you know, my kids are young. My two, I've got my older daughter, Caroline, who was with me in Houston and loves the Final Four and the bonding event that has become between the two of us. But, you know, I wanted it to be on a CBS year. We alternate years when it's it's beamed out over CBS or Turner and nothing against Turner. It's been a magnificent partnership, but I thought my goodbye should be on CBS. So I said, I'm thinking maybe 21 in India would mark the 30 year anniversary of my first time sitting next to Billy Packer and calling it. And uh, lo and behold, the, the, the 20 tournament gets taken off the books. You know, it was the week before COVID really became um, a cancellation event across the country. And we lost the 20 tournament to COVID, a COVID casualty. So now I didn't know all those months leading up what 21 would look like. I knew it would be sparsely attended as we got closer, and it just didn't feel right. And it was during that time as I was holed up in uh, the Conrad Hotel with with three meals a day being delivered to my door, not allowed to uh, interact or even have a meal with Raph or Grant or Tracy. Um, uh, this was you know, this was not the right time to, to, to go out on. I'd already made that determination a couple months in advance. But it was at that point where I looked ahead and said 23 is the next time it's on CBS, and it's in Houston, and it's just jumping off the page. And that needs to be the place. For me, I'm into contextualizing things and where something starts, something ends, beginning, middle, and an end. And it felt right to me. It felt in symmetry um, that I started there and I would – exit the stage there started my career with basketball through the university of Houston basketball program. It was my gateway to the business. And I wanted to go back to Houston and make that the place to step aside. So it worked out perfectly for, for my purposes that I can just still can't believe how generous everyone was um, and all the goodbyes. I'm overwhelmed by it, to be honest. And I'm trying as much as I can to get my head, which is still in the building back in Houston, uh, transported somehow here to Augusta, so I'm fully ready to go this weekend on the Masters call. But are you on the clock for how long you're going to do the Masters? Well, you, I think you might remember this, but I've, I've, I've often said that I've wanted to be able to broadcast 50 Masters. Ken oh, Venturi, right. yep. who put that in my head when I was riding back to the compound in a golf cart driven by Mr. Venturi. In 1986, we just watched Jack Nicholas win that epic, historic six-green jacket, and he makes this amazing comment to me. He says, young man, how old are you? And I said, I'm 26. He says, I think someday you'll be the first to ever say they broadcast 50 Masters, but you'll never live to see a day better than that, than this around Augusta. And right there, he didn't know it. He just set my goal. He, he basically gave me the game plan for my career. And I always thought, as a tribute to Ken and what's deeply in my heart, this event, I wanted to be there for 50. Ken Venturi said it to me when I was just three and a half years out of college. So I'm making this speech, Dan, a few years later, well, actually many years later, in L.A., and Ken and Jack Whitaker introduced me, as bizarre as that sounds. They're my presenters. And I told that story about how I wanted to work 50. Later that night, we're at the Hotel Bel Air Bar, and Whitaker looks at me and says, Jimmy, I heard what you said up there about 50. I said, yes, sir, what did you think? He says, you got to do 51. I said, why? He said, you do the math on it. Your 51st Masters will be the 100th playing of the Masters. And one of the sweetest things anyone's ever said, he said, I think you need to be there for that. And I think Augusta would like to have you there for that, to be able to cross one century into the start of the second. And so now Whitaker has his fingerprints on that goal. So I adjusted. So I want to be here until at least 2036, <laughs> God willing, and have a chance to do that. Do you have a green jacket? Uh, the, <laughs> you mean like a windbreaker? Or, uh, <laughs> no, did, I mean, shouldn't they? It's like an honorary? No, 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 no. Contributions like to the game or something? I mean. <laughs> hey, I have been blessed beyond belief to be able to come here. This is my 38th, by the way, on that tally. And uh, I still get the chill bumps every time I step foot on property for the first time every year I return. I just, it's better than, than the last. And uh, no, I don't have 
a green jacket, but I'm honored to try to lend a voice to this tournament and and connect all the years. You know, golf leans on history a lot, and this sport, uh, yeah, in particular, but this place especially is such a part of the heritage of the tournament, and that's why you often hear me. Well, I'll go ahead and say it. I was going to save it for the weekend. <laughs> it's a tradition unlike any other. Okay, so I um, I love history, and I love how history can be tied to any sport if you make the effort and you do the research. You take the time. I try to tie history into college basketball, and now I'll never call another basketball game. And I have so much history that's floating around in my head that has no place to go now. There, there's no outlet for it. So. The next time um, we're in the same area, let's go out to dinner and just let me talk for about four hours about the history so I can open up some ramp space. <laughs> we're talking to uh, Jim Dance on the call for the Masters coming up this weekend. Has your wife ever said, Jim, would you use the Masters voice around me? <laughs> no. No. No, but I do get a lot of people, I'm, I'm serious, who come up to me in most random places, and it truly is daily. I would say there aren't many days in a year that someone doesn't ask me to say a tradition unlike any other. <laughs> Most people think it's a tradition like no other. That's incorrect. Okay. It's unlike, unlike any other. Any other. Unlike. Um, how big no, of a storyline How big of a storyline is live for at least in your mind coming up this weekend live tour players versus the PGA Tour? I think that the Masters just it trumps everything. It's it's the standalone event. It's the greatest event in golf. Yeah, you know we've got Brooks Kepka uh, in contention here, and uh, he's out early today and has an early birdie. So he's at the moment, as we speak, has a one shot lead over Jason Day, who's already started his second round, and Victor Hovland and John Rahm, who are going to go in the afternoon. So Kepka's the uh, I'm trying to find out here. I think he's the only guy from that tour that's in the top 20 right now. And he's coming off a win last week. Um, it's not going to be ignored, but this is a Masters tournament. This isn't about all that other stuff that's going on in the world of golf. Yeah, I agree. And and I, I hope that's what it is. I, you know, But Brooks Kepka is playing great golf, and you can't avoid that, that it's live tour, Cam Smith or Patrick Reed, whoever you know happens to, right. uh, to be there. And also, Nicholson's couple under. He's yeah. out there this morning already making birdie or two. Yeah. Did you keep anything from your last uh, championship game? Did you keep anything from Houston? Well, I first off, I was presented all kinds of wonderful gifts. Um, the governor of Texas, Governor Abbott, presented me uh, with a proclamation naming one of the weekend days uh, after me. So uh, I hope it was good to everybody in the state that day that I presided over it. Um, Mayor Sylvester Turner in Houston uh, gave me a proclamation on the court naming uh, Saturday, April 1st, as Jim Nance Day in Houston. And I kind of thought maybe this was a, an April Fool's joke. <laughs> they were going to take it away from me, but it held up, <laughs> I'm proud to say. Um, you know, I didn't – I take away a ton of memories, first off. That's most important of all. But what I did is I brought things to it instead of taking and what I brought with me were, were mementos, little pieces of, of, uh, of my past that I wanted to be represented on, on that night. Now, I haven't talked about it. Um, maybe I just briefly on the court made a passing comment about it. It really hasn't. Nobody's picked up on this. Not that they should, but you asked. So my, my stats man and dear friend Pat McGrath passed away on literally the eve of the tournament. Tournament started in Dayton the night before he passed away in his hotel room of a heart attack. He'd been sitting to my left for 30 years. I was always by his side, what I like to say. And he was a wonderful friend. Um, we did hundreds of games together, and everybody that's done play-by-play work with Pat. I wore one of his ties as a pocket square. I had a tie on, forget-me-not tie, um, that... Um, is in honor of my father. And then I had on the table, I had three oversized pictures that represented my career. Now, I put my board on top of it, but I had really staring back at me when I would move my board around. 
a picture with Billy Packer, a picture with Bob Dekas and Bob Fishman and Billy. That was my core group that did 20 of those Final Fours together. And then a picture of my current group with Tracy and Raft and Grant. And uh, I had them all right there. And lastly, leaning up against the monitor in front of me, I had a picture of my mom and my dad on Saturday. And uh, just a picture of my mom on Monday, which marked six months to the day since she passed away. She was so excited about being able to attend one more event. She became immobile uh, the last few years, was completely fine and all, except she out of nowhere. Her heart gave out on her on on October 3rd. And uh, there had already been talk about the goodbye in Houston, and that would be the last event she could she could get to. She could manage to to get her into the building. So I had all of them in a, in a weird kind of way looking at me, and I'm looking at them. And it strengthened me because as the weekend was going on, I was more and more fatigued and overwhelmed by all the tributes and the nice things people were saying. I just couldn't keep up with all the correspondence. I'm still trying to get back to people. But um, mon- Monday uh, morning, I felt like I was not prepared to do the game emotionally. I was teetering on the edge of, of, of great fatigue and you know, deep emotion, not because I'm saying goodbye. It's just the fact that I felt like I was the last link for a lot of people that had worked that tournament for nearly 40 years. And I was repping them. And I I just, uh, I hadn't felt that weak uh, mentally going into an event in, in decades, maybe since Freddie won the masters in 92. And I didn't know if I could hold it together then. So, uh, no, Somehow it came time to perform, and um, I felt I felt good once the light, the tally light came on. And I think all those people I just mentioned, uh, I was riding their shoulders to the finish line. Well, have fun this weekend as always, and uh, thanks for being a friend, Jim. Yeah, well, you know, I said that, and I really meant that. Um, everybody has a story, and I just thought everybody that's been a part of that basketball part of my life for so long, I just wanted them to know I sincerely mean it. And thank you for being my friend. That's how I felt. And Dan, people don't know. They know you have a lot of guests. You've got tremendous contacts and relationships. You are a wonderful friend. Thank you, bud. Thank you, Jim. That's Jim Nance. He'll be on the call coming up this weekend. uh, CBS, also Golf Channel, ESPN. uh, Have coverage, wall-to-wall coverage there. We'll take a break. Uh, Brandel Chambly will join us from Augusta. Charles Barkley in an hour from now. We're back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling, only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. 
or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. For some reason, we're featuring Michael McDonald today. Might be cookout music. Oh, Michael McDonald? Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. He's up there. At the cookout? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, Black DP Call is calling. When are we going to do the cookout in your neighborhood? Because I'm going. So, my parents live in the same town as Fritzy. So, we'll be there. Make the drive. You're free to join. Wherever the cookout is, I'm going. I told you that I was going to right. go to the cookout. I can't wait. Do you come to our cul-de-sac? Yes. In Glastonbury. <laughs> oh, you be... live in a cul-de-sac? Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you telling me the truth? I, I swear on my son. Okay. The Premier League is on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Manchester City is facing a team trying to stay out of relegation, Southampton. That'll be 1230 Eastern tomorrow on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Brooks Kepka is in fuego right now. Ten under right now. I think he just eagled eight. And Brandel Shambly, Golf Channel analyst, joining us on the program. How surprised, if you are surprised, that Brooks Kepka is making some headlines. You know, it was tough to sort of, as I was trying to make a pick for the week, it was tough to get your arms around how any of the live guys were playing. Because there's really no data. You, you know, it's hard mm. to follow those. There's no game stories written about those events. You try to watch a little bit of it. I did. But the competition, you know, about half that field's not really world class. So it was hard to sort of guess how he was playing. But after about four or five holes yesterday, it wasn't so hard. Uh, nobody hit their irons better than Brooks Kepka yesterday. Matter of fact, if he'd have made a putt yesterday, he'd have had a four or five shot lead uh, after yesterday's round. And then he's doing the same thing today. Uh, you know, he made some nice putts early in his round, but he just, as you just said, he just eagled the eighth to take a three-shot lead. If he keeps hitting the ball the way he's hitting it right now, he could just run away and hide. I just talked to Jim Nance. I said, what kind of storyline is the Live Tour? What kind of storyline can it be coming up this weekend? He said, well, it's it's about the Masters, and it'll probably stay just about the Masters. Now, he's saying that as the host of CBS, but you – not afraid to give an opinion on this. How big a story would that be on Sunday if a live tour player is there in the final grouping? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the Masters, it, it will be about the competition, but the rest of the golf world will definitely be looking at a live player and a PGA Tour player, and and it will certainly pump up the ratings here. I mean, if it goes against, if it's Brooks Kepka coming down with John Rahm, I can't imagine a better scenario from a sports, you know, a sports wide concept. You know, the rest of the golf world would be talking about this is a referendum on live, whether they want to call it that or not. And this is a competition between live and the PTA tour. Uh, there's just no denying that. I understand, obviously, at Augusta National, they want to keep it about the competition and that won't come up in the telecast. I mean, if it does, it'll come up softly or peripherally or organically. Uh, but they won't dwell on it. But the rest of the golf world will certainly be paying attention to it. I would say Rory against Kepka would be better than Rom versus Kepka. No, no doubt I would have said Rory, but Rory shot even par yesterday. He's going to have to shoot 64 to get back, 65, 64 to get back in this thing today because it's not just how many – it's just not that he was seven back. It's the players that shot the scores in front of Rory. Yeah. There, there's so many good players who played great yesterday, and – the course is too soft to uh, for many of them to come back. Well, the weather now plays a role. How big a role is weather going to be? It's going to get windy. And one of the things I think that's more interesting, Dan, as this week plays out, is that the way the wind is going to come is going to make this golf course play harder than, you know, it's the hardest wind because it's a, it's a northeast wind, which means seven holes that work right to left will have a left to right wind. So you're going to stand on that tee, and if, you're, if your predominant shot is just a fade and you're not capable of drawing it into the wind, it's going to be very difficult to hit those tee shots in the fairway, even as soft as it is. So Brooks Kepka primarily plays with the fade. So does John Rahm. So, you know, you look at a Scotty Scheffler who hit the ball almost as well as those two guys. 
and didn't make too many putts yesterday. And you figure, you know, he's comfortable working in both directions. So that's when this golf course or this tournament becomes more interesting. What do you make of Tiger's comments where he was in constant pain yesterday? And and we both know that that's not a flat course. And, yeah. you know, you could see where that could have an impact on Tiger. But it almost felt like, you know, he's ready to ride off into the sunset when it comes to playing Augusta. Yeah, I think Fred Couples, you know, I love Fred. He just nailed it the other day. He was like, yeah, he can hit the shots, but can he get around this place? It's the hardest golf course in the world to walk if you're 25 years old, 25 years old and healthy. Uh, you know, Tiger swung as hard as he could off the eighth tee yesterday, and his ball speed was 169. At the Riviera, the Genesis, his tournament early in the year, his ball speed was 182.34. So, you know, and I, other players in his group, I think – trying to remember who was in his group to get their ball speed up to 181 or 182 there. So that to me spoke volumes about the kind of pain that Tiger was in. He was noticeably grimacing and hobbling. And then the shot on 18 that he had yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, but that didn't do him any favors. One leg in the bunker, his right leg, his right leg in the bunker, his left leg out. And then after he hit it, all the weight was on his right leg and he hopped on it for a bit. Uh, Those are the kind of things that just, you know, flat out will hobble him. Talking to Brando Chambly, the lead analyst with Golf Channel. Trying to understand Phil Mickelson's place in golf or the golf world now, where he had a chance to be Arnold Palmer. He had a chance to be the the golf ambassador the rest of his career. And then as the story came out, he went to the Champions Dinner and he didn't say anything, which to me is impossible for Phil to sit <laughs> there. Did anybody ask him a question? Did he did he just sit there and eat his meal and not say a word? When I, when I heard he didn't say a word, I think maybe Phil said that. I thought that's hard to believe, but other people that were in the room said it's true. He just came in there. And I think out of respect because, you know, the, you know you've been around Phil. I've been around Phil. I mean, he knows a lot about a lot, and, and he's happy to share it. <laughs> yes. and, uh, and, look, he's entertaining. I'll give him that. But I think out of respect for Scotty, and that's, you know, that's, that's, that's a nice gesture by Phil. Uh, but to your point, if Phil hadn't gone to live, if he hadn't been actively recruiting players – to live and then actively trying to, I would say, undermine the PGA Tour. I'm being I'm being kind there. Where was Phil going to go? You're right. He would have been. He would have ascended to a spot in the booth where he would have been unbelievable. I mean, he'd have been Tony Romo in the booth. You know, he'd have been Barkley in the booth. He would have been so good, and you know, he'd have made a fortune doing that, and a fortune everything off that, off that. He would have ascended to Arnold Palmer. He would have been an honorary starter at Augusta National. He would have ridden off into the sunset as one of the great personalities and caretakers of this game. And it's just sad that he's torpedoed that legacy. I was told he was going to replace Faldo. This is a couple of years ago. You know, I've got it on, you know, I've, I've, I've heard that. I mean, he was the guy. He had done a little bit. I'm sure you saw him yeah. at the PGA Championship in San Francisco where he got in the booth and he was – he was terrific. You know, I mean, look, Phil's bright. He's talkative. He's not afraid to share his opinion. Uh, he had, I think, pretty good relationships with most everybody. He knows a lot about the golf swing. He could have been the best commentator in the history of golf. And now when you see him, he's a shell of the person that he used to be. But, I mean, you know. If I gave of, him a do-over, Brandel. Yeah. A mulligan. Yeah. What do you think, think Phil would choose? I think he'd take it. I really do. Yeah. I think he'd take it. Uh, you know, let's say it's true that he left for a couple hundred million dollars. So he would take it and and stay on the PGA Tour. He would do it differently. I think he would. I think okay. he would. I think he'd stay on the PGA Tour. Okay. You know, if if he did in fact make a couple hundred million dollars going to live, it, it wouldn't take you or I a minute to come up with ways he was going to make two hundred million dollars on the PGA Tour, commentating. You know, all of his endorsements. You look at him now. None of those endorsements that he had forever or present, you know, he's just got his team from live and that's it because everybody, everybody bailed on him after he talked about the atrocities and said that he could use them as leverage. Help me understand Rory, because every time I watch him, I go, how does he not win? <laughs> you and me both. Uh, I, I think Augusta is, is not a great fit for him. Uh, you know, he's he's an amazing golfer, uh, and when he's at his best, it's, it's you know, you think, how can anybody beat him? But Augusta has has several shots. There's no matter of fact, there's really only two holes out there that don't have these types of shots, where you have a, if you're a right-handed golfer, a right-to-left lie, 
that you need to cut it on. So that's a that's a pretty technically difficult thing to do. And to hit that the best way, you've got to be pretty upright with your golf swing, or you have to sort of come over the top of it. Rory's real deep and flat with his golf swing, and he comes underneath it. And when, you, when you're coming from the inside and you hit those hills, it shuts your face down. And so if you remember the shot he hit yesterday at 13, he drove it around the corner, and he pulled it into the, and, into the bunker left of the green. He hits more of those shots because he swings deep and comes from the inside than players who swing upright and get on top of the plane. And that's Scotty Scheffler, and that's Tiger Woods, and that's Jordan Spieth, and that's Jack Nicklaus, and Arnold Palmer, and Phil Mickelson, and the rest of them. Uh, and so it's just not a great fit for Rory. And having said that, he has played some pretty good golf around here, but he's not, he's not played anywhere near as good as he plays uh, uh, week in and week out on the PGA Tour. Yeah, when, when Rory goes left, that's when I know there's, there's yeah. big trouble there. Right. Uh, I'll leave you with this. Uh, you could have a major at Pebble, you could have Augusta, or you could have uh, the British Open at St. Andrews. To go as a fan. I would go to Augusta. Okay. Uh, I've, I've never heard anybody go to Augusta for the Masters come away and say anything other than it exceeded their expectations. Not that those others don't, yeah. but the experience of Augusta, is uh, it's a bucket list item for sure. Have fun today, as always, and play Thanks, nice. Dan. Play nice. All right. That's Brando, <laughs> Brando Chambly, Golf Channel lead studio analyst, Golf Central Live from the Masters, surrounds the Masters tournament, comprehensive studio coverage there with uh, Rich Lerner. Uh, Steve Sands, also one of the uh, hosts, Mike Tirico as well. We'll take a break. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Uh At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The truly brilliant all-electric EQE SUV from Mercedes-Benz features some of the smartest tech ever to grace four wheels. With Dynamic Select, you can fine-tune hundreds of vehicle settings to precisely match your driving style. And available in off-road mode, transparent hood lets you see through the sheet metal to steer clear of bumps and potholes directly beneath you. How about that? A 360 array of cameras and sensors constantly alerting you for danger, while 64-color ambient lighting lets you fully customize the ambiance inside the spacious cabin. The EQE SUV is so smart, even the headlights are thinking. Optional digital light technology projects navigation markings and warnings on the road ahead as you drive. The vehicle's all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Test drive the EQE SUV. Learn more at mbusa.com slash EQE dash SUV. Caddy in uh, Florida. Caddy, welcome to the program. Good morning, gentlemen. It was Caddy slash Caddy Master. So I started off Caddy and then it became a Caddy Master. Okay. I had a couple of high-end clubs in New Jersey. Matter of fact, before I tell you the 
I caddied for Charles back in the late 90s. He actually had a very good swing, and I remember he broke 90. Okay. So he had a pretty good swing back in the day. Um, as far as the autographs go, I never, I, I've met hundreds of athletes, politicians, celebrities, just being in the business, you know, at the clubs I worked at, they had heliports, so I'd see everybody. Um, I was in a tri-state area, so, um, so, uh, so anyway, um, I never signed an autograph, didn't want to, had no desire. When I was 10 years old, walking through Madison Square Garden with my dad, who was at the time my little league coach, we saw Tom Seaver walking around the rotunda. And I said, Dad, there's Tom Seaver. Get his autograph. And my dad goes up to him, and Tom gives him the hand. I mean, there's, there's a way to give the hand and a way not to give the hand. He gave the hand like, do not step any closer. It was a stern look. I will never forget it. So from that day on, being in the business and meeting all these people, never desired or wanted an autograph again. All right. Well, thank you, Caddy Master. Charles Barkley set to join us. Uh, Todd is oh, is, he's ready to go. Chuck, there. All right. Chuck, how are you? I'm good, brother. How you doing? What's your philosophy when people want an autograph? Like when when is it a good time and when is it a bad time to approach you? Uh, you should sign autographs. Uh, just when you're eating is not appropriate, but I think part of your responsibility, they don't pay you all that money just to play basketball. So I think you should always sign autographs. I always sign autographs unless I'm eating. But you get swarmed though, don't you? Yeah, but you, yeah, I do. But listen, man, these guys, these people pay us millions and millions of dollars to play a stupid game, to take a couple minutes. And it, first of all, it has to be quick. Hey, I don't want to hear no stories. <laughs> no, no, yo, man, give me the paper. Let me sign it. Yeah, I no, I don't want to hear the stories. I, I don't care. Uh, so so that's to me, it's the only time it's a problem. I don't want to hear no stories. Just tell me, hey, give me the paper, and I sign it. How often do you ask for an autograph or a picture? It, it, it I have. You know, uh, I collect memorabilia. I got a great hockey collection. I got a great basketball collection of different pictures and like, but if I met somebody, um, you know, I, I would be happy to take a picture. I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm a fanboy to some people. Like when you meet Gretzky, you ask for. Well, a- I, I, I yeah, I got a Gretzky stick. Got my favorite hockey player is Ron Hextall. My favorite football player is Brian Dawkins. They gave me a signed jersey. I, somebody found out they were big. I was big fan. They gave me a signed jersey in the last couple of years. Anybody uh, disappoint you? Not really. Uh, you know, I think. Well, it obviously has something to do with who I am. Uh, but hey, I got celebrity friends who won't sign autographs. I mean, I got a couple of friends who say, "Hey, I hate to bother you, then don't damn bother me." <laughs> You know, so, but but I tell people this because people ask me about, hey, I walked up this guy. I said, well, that probably didn't go well. Yeah. I think it's up to the individual if they want to sign autographs. And we're not on the same level. I mean, I know some guys who are bigger than me who don't sign stuff, but they probably get bugged more than me. But my personal opinion is I'm always sign autographs. I think it goes with the responsibility. When you run 60 Minutes, you mentioned the – Friendship or what was a friendship with Michael Jordan? Did you hear from Jordan? No, no. You know, it's so funny. I've never had more people ask me about to do. I dag like we Prince Wayne and Prince Harry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike, Michael, I love Michael like a brother. He's doing great. I'm doing great. He got mad at me. It's no big deal. I think we're both, uh, man, I'm sweating over here. But it's 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 unfortunate. But man, I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he's doing great. Uh, but hey, it's it, it's it's unfortunate. Well, I know you came on this show and you said he's not a good owner. Mike's not a good owner. I, I well I, well I didn't say he wasn't a good owner. I said he didn't have good enough people around. He was him surrounded be, by yes men. Yes. Yes. And, and and I said that, and it was true. And he went ballistic. But <laughs> hey, man, you know. Dan, one of the reasons I've been very good at my job, 
I don't just, I'm not going to say, one of the reasons I hate reporters, to be honest with you, guys like Skip Bayless and people like that, <laughs> you can tell the guys they like and dislike. That ain't right. You should be fair. I'm not going to, because just because me and Michael were great friends, I don't give him a hall pass. The one thing I've been straightforward and honest on anybody I've given my opinion with uh, in my third, 23 years, I never played favorites. There's nobody can say Charles don't like this guy. I've been fair to everybody. Uh, as far as uh, the NBA home stretch here, how do you think this plays out? Man, nobody got zero idea. Um, Is there know, a great uh, team? No, there's not a great team at all. Okay. There's some great players. But I tell you what, man, the West is going to be crazy. It's going to go down to the last day of the season. I mean, the East is set, and we know who's going to be. Like, it's going to come down to Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly. Those three teams, they're, they're, they're above everybody else. But in the West, I can't wait for the West. Uh, this weekend, I can't wait for the first-round matchups. I mean, it could be the, the Lakers could play the Sacramento Kings or they could play the Denver Nuggets in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, I don't know who's going to win the West. If you hold my feet to the fire, I'm going to stick with the Denver Nuggets. They've been the most consistent team all year. Mm. But as, you, as they say, though, I'm going to write it in pencil. I'm not going to write it in pen. <laughs> Who's your MVP? Man, I'm glad I don't have a vote, uh, to be honest with you. I don't think there's a wrong wrong answer. If I had a vote... Why don't you have a vote? I don't know. Uh, uh, Ernie's the only guy on our show who has a vote. Uh, it it probably come down to Embiid and Giannis if I had a vote. Because uh, I think that... I, I, I Like I say, I would... And like I say, there's no right or wrong answer. If you vote for Joker, uh, Giannis, or Joel, I don't think there's a wrong answer. But if I had a vote, it'd come down to Joel and Giannis. And I'd probably give it to Joel because he's never won before. You know, what really bothers me is these guys on television who act like, well, you know, they, we, we'll, they'd be saying, well, this guy should have won it X amount of time. It's never been about that. It's always been Michael Jordan was the best player probably three or four years before he won his first MVP. He just was not on a good team. Nobody thinks Steve Nash was better than Kobe or Shaq, but he had a better regular season. It's a regular season award. If I had to pick the best player in the NBA today, I'd probably go with Giannis. But like I say, it, it, it's never went to the best player. But these guys on television, like, well, this guy, they tired of giving it to the same guy. No, they give it to the guy who had the best regular season. It's not who wins the championship or who plays great in the playoffs. It's who played the best. In those during the regular season, where's your MVP right now? Your award? It's actually the only award that I got, to be honest with you, because you know I, I'm selling all my memorabilia to build under underprivileged houses in my hometown. I was supposed to do it before the pandemic, because I that stuff like that don't matter to me. But my daughter, I asked her what she wanted. She asked for one of, she said, I'll take one of the gold medals and the rest of this crap I'm going to sell for underprivileged houses in my hometown. <laughs> Dude, that stuff is just clutter to me, Dan. Everybody know I won MVP. Everybody know I won gold medals. Dude, let me tell you something. I, I'm 60 years old, Dan. If if people come to the house and I say, hey, let's go look at my MVP trophy and look at my gold medal. <laughs> All right, I'm the biggest damn loser in the world. I, that, see, think about that, Dan. <laughs> if, 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 hey, if you and you, you and the nerdettes come to the house, like, yeah, come on, I'm gonna take y'all over here and look at my MVP trophy and my gold medal. I'm gonna be the biggest loser in the world. But I would want to see those things. Yeah, I mean, they're worth seeing one time, but you can't like. No, I'm gonna get rid of those things because, hey, man, everybody know I won a couple of gold medals and MVP. I don't, you don't have to tell people. But if you go to Tiger's house, does he have all of his majors, all of his trophies there? I've actually – I've been to his house, but I haven't been to his new house. And at that time, I think he only had like two or three majors back then. Okay. So, But I think that's different, Dan. 
But those trophies are humongous. Yeah. And uh, but no, no, I haven't been seen a. But you, you probably got to show those off. So wait a minute. Does did he lose half of his memorabilia when he got divorced? I don't know the answer to that question. I, <laughs> no. Hey, I think you. I think you would. I think you would prefer to have a cash instead of a U.S. Open trophy. <laughs> but have you gone into somebody's house and they and they have a shrine to themselves? Great question. I don't think so. I think most guys, because the way it really works, Dan. <clears throat> You're really trying to get to your next next accomplishment. You don't really like when I was winning trophies. My mom and grandmother kept them all. I said, "Hey, take this this thing." They're like, "You don't want it." I said, "No, I want the next one." Because mm-hmm. you are you're always going and going. And let's be realistic. There's very few things like if I was gonna be honest with you, my MVP trophy and my two gold medals would probably be the only two things worth showing. I mean, all those other things, um, like player of the week, player of the month, you put those, those are paperweights, man. You don't keep up with those things. How much is the MVP going to cost me? That's a great question. I don't know. Um, I don't know how, it's so crazy how signing autographs and things. But if I give you $25,000 for the MVP. You're not going to get, you ain't going to get a finger. You're not even going, <laughs> you're not even going to get one of the legs. You're not even going to get one of the legs on the MVP trophy for right. 25000 okay. Come on, Dan. All right. All right. All right. What can I get for $25,000? Like, oh, uh, a player of the month. Little oh, plaque stop. Or something like that. Come on, Dan. You were never named Defensive Player of the Month, that's for sure. I was not a good def- <laughs> I, I was a decent defender. Okay, explain defender. this to me. When when we talk about the, like, Luka and Kyrie, they they can't play defense or they won't play defense? Because I don't understand. Like, Sacramento Kings, they can score, but they're not good at defense. How are you not good at defense? Because it's probably – Defense and rebounding are probably the two hardest aspects of basketball because they take a lot of work. They take a lot of work. Scoring is easy. All you got to do is shoot the ball a lot. But if you're going to play defense, you got to really get down and dirty. You got to get – and same thing with rebounding. You got to get in there and start beating up people because it's like, yo, because the ball is the most valuable thing out there. So if you're going to be a great rebounder, you're going to have to take some beatings. And on defense – Man, trying to stop a guy is hard. I mean, you think about the guys you're trying to stop. I mean, th- just take Luca and Kyrie, both great one-on-one basketball players. They ain't a job people apply for. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> says, hey, let me stop Kyrie or Luca. Uh, but, you know, this thing was never, you know, they, when it first happened, I, they asked us on the air, like, this is never going to work. It's a bad idea. They both need the ball. Uh, it was never going to work. Uh, and, um, hey, it's going to be a very interesting offseason yeah. for that for that team. Would you sign Kyrie if you're Dallas? Oh, no, it's not going to. Uh, well, what, what's the really good thing about it? For Dallas, they got two really good options. They can let him go and take $40 million off the books. And I think they're only going to be paying Luca, so they might can get a free agent. But the best option to me is to do a sign and trade. Because Dallas can give him the most money, and some team will take Kyrie, and they'll give uh, and, and to make the money match. They probably go, they're going to give you a bunch of good players and draft picks. So yeah, but who's going to want Kyrie? Somebody, Dan. Somebody going to want Kyrie. Everybody think everybody think they can fix somebody. <laughs> He's a great individual player. Some coach, some team gonna think they can like, okay, we can make this work. I mean, this is like his third or fourth team. Somebody always gonna think like, and it is, and it hasn't worked. But there's always a team that's gonna say, hey, you know what? I think I can make this work. So even though I hated to trade for Dallas, I think in the long run it could be a good thing whether they take him off the books or do a sign and trade. 
Talking to Charles Barkley, the Hall of Famer. Uh, when's the last time you went to the Masters? I've never been to the Masters. Uh, I've never been there. You know, Dan, when I go out to things like that, people think I'm there to talk to them. They don't realize I'm there to actually <laughs> they, they don't realize I'm actually there to watch the sporting event. You know, so so it's better for me. I love the Masters. Have you I'm played of, Augusta? I did. I played last year during the playoff. It was one of the coolest experiences of my life. Uh, I shot an 89. I played well. I was so excited. I was so nervous. It was an honor and a privilege. Uh, but I, hey, listen, I'm rooting for the live guys this weekend because I think the, these PGA Tour dudes have been too rough on these live guys. I think the disrespect they've shown Phil Mickelson is ridiculous. They should be kissing his ass, to be honest with you, because Phil has made those guys more money in the last year and a half. They got, they made, I mean, they should be thanking him. Uh, but the way they've been crapping all over these live guys, it's been disappointing. Hey, Dan, they left for another economic opportunity. I'm not mad at them. You know, uh, three or four of those guys called, called me and asked me my opinion. I said, yo, man, let's don't get into this where our money comes from. Because if everybody wants to sit around and worry about where our money comes from, nobody's going to be working. I mean, nobody's going to be working. So I told those guys, man, man, take that money. Screw those, screw those guys who are going to badmouth you. But I just think the PGA Tour has been overboard criticizing these guys, and I want to live guys to play well, and I want one of them to win it. If I gave Phil Mickelson a mulligan to stay on the PGA Tour or go to live? He should go to live. You think that if I gave him a, a do-over, he would still go to the live tour? Dan, if somebody gave me $200 million, I'd go anywhere. <laughs> I'm probably going to hell anyway, but for $200 million, <laughs> for $200 million if I had a chance to go to heaven or hell, I'm, hey, give me $200 million, I'm going to hell. No, I know. You know, those guys owe Phil a great deal of gratitude because you notice all of a sudden the PJ Tour came up with billions of dollars to pay these players now yeah. just because of Phil. So instead of crapping on Phil like they've been doing, I think they should say, hey, you know what? Maybe we don't agree with you guys going to live, but we understand. I mean, we all leave for better economic opportunity. And I don't like this fake outrage about, oh, they're taking money from Saudi Arabia. I mean, we're all taking money from somebody that we probably shouldn't be taking it from. Are you a grandfather now? I am, and it's the greatest thing ever. Little Henry, um, little Henry, man. It's, Dan, I'm telling you, man, it's the greatest thing ever being a grandpa. Um, I just became one about six weeks ago. Uh, congratulations, yep. man. Yep. Isn't it, Dan, wait, when they start developing a little personality, now my man just started, he just turned one like last week. Now he's starting to walk, and like he notices my face. I FaceTime him and everything like that. Wait, it gets so much better, Dad. I can't wait. I think, like, I'm going home for a couple of days. So we off until the uh, play-in tournament Tuesday. And I'm going to take him out on a golf cart um, for the first time this weekend. And I can't wait. If you could pick the sport that you want him to play, what would it be? Well, obviously, that'd be basketball. But probably golf. I love golf. I love being outside. It's one of the first few places people, you know, I like to play golf and fish because it's like only two places you can go and people don't want to bug the hell out of you. <laughs> so uh, golf golf would be uh, my thing. But as long as he's a good person, you know, I, I, you know, I was thinking about um, the Wayans family the other day. And I saw one of the Wayans brothers did a tribute to his dad. And it was really profound. And he said, son, he asked his dad, dad, what you want me to be? He said, a man. And he says, well, everybody grows up to be a man. And he says, that ain't even close to the truth. And I thought that was so profound. And it really made me take a step back like, yeah, man, you, you want your kids to grow up and you want to be proud of them. Like, I'm really proud of my daughter because she's a nice person. She's a great mother. And, you know, I'm just really – so you, you want to make your parents proud. And my daughter has done that. So as long as little Henry's a good person, I'm good. 
Grandpa Barkley sounds like a show on TNT, a sitcom. Uh, well, well, well. First of all, just for record, I'm Big Pop. Uh, when, when big, I'm big Pop, pop uh, Big right. Pop, yeah. Not Big yeah, Poppy or Big Pop. No, Big Big Pop. I stole that from some guy. I was giving Ernie a, an award last summer, and this cute little girl comes up to me and says, "Hey, Mr. Barkley, can I take a picture?" I said, "Of course." I said, "Who's gonna take the picture?" She says, "My Big Pop." Next thing I know, this little dude is walking toward me. I said, who's that? She said, oh, that's Big Pop. I said, well, damn, this dude like five, five. If he can be Big Pop, I know I can be Big Pop. And I says, so that's going to be my name when little Henry gets old enough. I like it. Big Pop. Uh, great to talk to you and enjoy your days off. Safe travels. Thanks again, bud. Thank you, brother. Hey, Dan, keep up the great work, brother. Thanks for having me. Charles Barkley. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The superbly versatile all-electric EQB from Mercedes-Benz. It's impressively techy and surprisingly roomy with available seating for up to seven. The vehicle is all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Learn more at MBUSA.com slash EQB.